For many people with disabilities, the political fights over health care aren't abstractions. If Republicans go through with plans to slash funding for Medicaid and repeal the Affordable Care Act, it'll mean many people are no longer able to pay for things like wheelchairs, medications, and in-home nurses. As Republicans in the Senate were leading the charge to repeal Obamacare at the end of June, Stephanie Woodward and dozens of other people who use wheelchairs took over Senator Mitch McConnell's office, organized by a disability rights group called ADAPT. Police officers zip-tied the protesters and forced them out of the building, removing some protesters from their wheelchairs and carrying them down the hallway, even as they shouted their message. Videos and photos of this horrible scene seem destined to be looked back on in the future as proof of our especially inhumane and cruel current political climate. I mean, that's assuming we have a future. When I say that this is about our lives, like, we take that very seriously. Without Medicaid, our people will die, and we would rather go to jail than die without Medicaid. What has it been like occupying Republicans' offices? Can you tell me about what it felt like to be in Mitch McConnell's office last week in the hubbub and the chaos there? I mean, it felt necessary. I don't know that there's any other words to describe it. It wasn't scary for me. It was rather um, an empowering experience because I got to bring a lot of people from Rochester with us that their lives depend on this. And to see the way they fight um, so wholeheartedly for not only their lives, but the lives of millions of their brothers and sisters in the nation who need Medicaid to live, um, it, it feels really like an honor to be fighting next to, to these incredible people who won't let anything stop them from fighting for their rights. After her arrest, a friend snapped a photo of Stephanie sitting in her wheelchair in the police station with her hands zip-tied behind her back. The photo went viral spreading around the internet and inspiring outrage about the arrest of protesters. After I was carried out of the building, I was set on the sidewalk outside of the Senate Russell Building, which is where we were protesting. I was zip-tied, and then I was given my wheelchair. And I got in my wheelchair and just remained zip-tied because, well, it wasn't about, I can't push myself being zip-tied behind my back. So, um, What was it you're charged with? I was charged with incommoding. Um, Wait, incommoding? Uh, <laughs> incommoding. Um, what is that? It basically means that we were in the way. We were somewhere that people didn't want us to be, which I guess generally describes the existence of most people with disabilities. Um, most people just don't want us around. So the charge seemed fitting. Um, it also seemed fitting because there was no accessible ladies room in the police station. So while they were charging me with incommoding, I was like, so about the commode, let's talk about that, because not giving me a bathroom seems like much worse of a punishment than what you're telling me. It sounds like you were incommoded by the lack of a commode. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad that you have a sense of humor about this, too, because that's all I was doing was making jokes about charge with incommoding, but I can't use the commode. Tell me more. I think it's so funny that when you see a photo like that, I think people will see that as like, wow, this brave moment in our civil rights history. And at the same time, you're like making toilet jokes. <laughs> well, when you've got to go, it's hard to think of anything else. Stephanie, I saw some responses to the photo of you that made it clear that people were surprised to see someone with a disability protesting. 
This was just one protest in the long history of protests led by people with disabilities for access to healthcare and equal rights. I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about that history and the persistent assumption that if you use a wheelchair, you're not going to be a fiery activist. So I think that there's always been this stereotype and stigma that people with disabilities can't speak for themselves and certainly can't fight for our own rights or our own lives. Um, We're expected to be complacent and just accept whatever our able-bodied overlords allow us to have. Um, And you see this not only with healthcare, but with rights in general. People, when I, as an attorney, I I get upset about the little things like a one-step entrance in a restaurant. The law is pretty clear. You have to have an accessible entrance. A one-step entrance violates the law, whether or not your building was built in 1990 or 1972 or before you can easily get rid of a one-step entrance but you don't and when I complain about it people are like well why can't you just be happy that there's a back entrance why can't I be happy with a segregated entrance is that your question for me would I have the right to enter the front door like everybody else um I'm expected to just be thankful for what people decide is acceptable for me to have and that's just not the way people with disabilities should be treated and it's not what we will accept. This sounds like a really basic question, but just bear with me. Like how does having access to healthcare shape your relationship to the economy? And how does that access or lack of access show like the real human impact of our capitalist economy? So I'll start with a very basic example of me. I am certainly not the most complex case when it comes to disability. Um, I'm a wheelchair user. Basic is that I have pretty good mobility, but I need a wheelchair. I am a lawyer. If I did not have a wheelchair, I I could not work. I could not pay taxes. I could not buy a house or feed my four cats named after the Golden Girls. I need my wheelchair to do that. However, getting insurance companies to pay for wheelchairs, you would think that I was asking them to buy me a gold-plated toilet. I think when you do the math of it, it seems to me to be really basic that having Healthcare available for every American saves money in the long run and is also just the right thing to do from a moral human standpoint. But it's, it's so it's such an uphill battle here in the United States. And so I'm wondering, like right now, Republicans are in the process of trying to repeal Obamacare and about 30 percent of Americans say they want to repeal the law. Like, why do you think so many Americans think expanding health care is a bad idea? Like, why is it so damn hard for us to get the kind of basic care that's offered in countries across Europe as as a norm. I think there's this idea that I work hard, so if you get something for free that I had to work for, then you're somehow benefiting off of me. And there's not this idea that we're a community and we have to help each other. We're interdependent. It's not just people with disabilities that depend on people without disabilities. We are an interdependent community and country. Uh, and and that's just the way the world works. And beyond that, what is your other choice? If you don't help people with disabilities get insurance, you're saying that in the wealthiest country in the world, we're going to let people die rather than help them get insurance that could help them live? Like, that doesn't make sense to me that we're the wealthiest nation – and we care so much about like value of life and quality of life. But when it comes to health care, every man for themselves. 
What's what's behind that cultural idea, do you think? Like, what's driving that mindset? I think that there's a misconception with this idea of the American dream and that all you have to do is pull yourself up by your bootstraps and suddenly you can get things done. I come from a family with strong Republican ideals, and I think my dad learned really quick after having a disabled daughter that no amount of pulling on his bootstraps in 1988 was going to get his disabled daughter health insurance. And so I was a Medicaid recipient, and I, I still heard him say things like, well, those people are just scamming the system, and yet for some reason I wasn't. And it it's very hard for me to... And still is hard for me to figure out how he reconciled that, that it was okay for me to benefit, but it wasn't okay for others because they were scamming the system. The disabled people who I'm fighting with and fighting for will die without health insurance. And I hear so many people say, well, that's not fair to take money from someone else to pay for their health insurance. So... The other option is to just let them die. I'm confused. What what are you saying here? Because no one will ever say we should just let them die. But if you look at how the argument goes, there's only one conclusion to what you're saying to me is that you don't want to pay for someone else to live. So therefore, you want them to die. Like there's no other conclusion to draw. One of the most tragic trends of like the late capitalist era that we live in is crowdfunding for healthcare. People, I've seen campaigns running on sites like GoFundMe to raise money for cancer treatments, for organ transplants, for dental care. Have you seen these campaigns? And when you see them, what do you think of, what does it make you think about the way that our country functions? It breaks my heart to see that we're such a wealthy country and there are people who can't pay for a cancer treatment like that. It baffles me that we would we would let that happen to our fellow American. We always talk about America being the greatest and America being so strong and my fellow American. But when it comes to your fellow American needing something basic to live, suddenly, well, they should have worked harder for it. Why? If everybody works hard together, but they fall on different circumstances than you, they should deserve less health care because they had bad luck and you didn't? I guess I say this as a question a lot of the times because it doesn't compute in my head. It doesn't compute that... that if you get in a car accident and break your neck when you're 30 years old, we should just not let you have health care because you're not working hard for it. Um, one more question. I want to know about these cats. <laughs> oh my God, my cats are the greatest cats in the world. So, um... I have a gray collection. I call it the gray collection. My cats are all gray in some way or another. So um, I have Kit Kat, who is um, the queen. Granite, who is afraid of everything. And 
Sophia and Rose who were accidents and by accidents I mean my mom showed up at my house with two kittens one day and I was like what the hell you can't return things that breathe so I accidentally got four cats and I named the last two after Golden Girls because who doesn't love Sophia and Rose from the Golden Girls Rosie That's so great. Thank you for sharing your cats and also your time. Well, thanks for uh, asking about my cats. That makes everything worth it to me. Every time I see someone talk about cats, I'm like, well, this was worth my time. (laughs) That was Stephanie Woodward of the Center for Disability Rights. Even when Obamacare isn't on the chopping block and they're fighting for their lives, the Center for Disability Rights works around the clock on issues of accessibility and civil rights. Look them up to support their crucial work. Next up, we meet a poverty scholar. <laughs>